Welcome to another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of Sunday, October 29th, and is preached by our pastor, Brother Mike Sylvie. Our desire is that this message builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with Christ. Here now is Brother Mike preaching from Deuteronomy 519, a message titled, The Ten Commandments, An Invitation to Integrity. chapter 5 we find the Lord's Ten Commandments and eighth on the list in verse 19 is do not steal. It's the Lord's invitation to his character of integrity. Now as we go through the series on the Ten Commandments you, you might begin to think at some time why is the Lord so negative? Mild are all these thou shalt nots. Was the Lord just having a bad day in the Old Testament? Is that why he was so negative? No, actually, he was responding to man's behavior, to man's sin. You find in the, the scripture examples of all these sins being broken or committed, all these laws being broken before the Lord ever gave the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one deals with idolatry. We find that being broken at the Tower of Babel. And we find that in the uh, Egyptian empire with all of their false gods being violated. The graven images were also found all in Egyptian society. The Lord's name is taken in vain in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2, by Pharaoh. Pharaoh and all his world system also violated the fourth commandment to have a time of rest, to have a time of worship, as he overworked God's people and then wouldn't even let him go to the wilderness to worship. You find disrespect to parents, violation of commandment number five with Ham and his disrespect toward his father Noah and with Esau uh, and with his father Jacob. Murder is committed by Cain and then later by Nimrod. And the Genesis chapter six record says the world of the Noah's flood was filled with violence. And everyone was killing and attacking one another. Adultery, number seven, you see it violated at Sodom and Gomorrah and in Potiphar's wife and her attraction to Joseph and then stealing, the commandment we'll look at today. Jacob violated this one. Jacob's name meant deceiver. He was one who deceived and took things that weren't rightfully his all of his life. And then as a Step of irony, his brothers did the same thing to him. Uh, they stole him away. They kidnapped him. And then lying is violated by Abraham and by Isaac in two different uh, situations where they lied about their wives. Guys, not smart to lie about your wives. It always gets you in trouble. And then finally, number 10, you shall not covet. You see this violated from, the, from day one. Well, this was Eve's sin. This was Lot's wife's sin. It was the sin of Achan and the sin of Balaam. And so all these sins were broken over and over again in the Old Testament time. And when God gives the law, he gives this short list, not to say, hey, I, I, I want to be difficult in your life. He, he was basically reacting to our bad acting. 
to our sin. And he was saying, stop this. This is going in the wrong direction. I want you to come to know me. I want you to come to know me in a personal relationship by my grace. I want to give you these commandments and show you you can't keep any of these. You violate all of them. You have. You will continue to do that. And your only hope of coming to me is to, to come to me through Christ, my son, my salvation I'm going to provide. That's what the Ten Commandments are about. It's an invitation to God by his grace. And as we come to him by his grace and we know him and we have the power of the Holy Spirit, then we can live these commandments out. And indeed, these commandments all are repeated in the New Testament. And what's repeated in the New Testament is to be followed by New Testament believers, even though it started in the Old Testament. We don't follow the Ten Commandments to try to keep our salvation or to keep our relationship with God. We do it to share fellowship and share life with Him, to do life like He does, to possess His character, to do things like he does them. And as we do that, there's a blessing that follows. So as you um, look up this word still in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, you find about eight different places where uh, this word is found and this concept is found, and it shows us eight ways that we break the Eighth Commandment. So if you thought, well, you know, I know we break the, I know I have trouble with the other commandments, but this one, do not steal. I've always been good about that. I'm not really taking anything that's not mine. I think I'm okay on this one. No, there's about eight different ways that we break it, and the Scripture shows us that. And so if you would, just, let's just kind of go through uh, the Bible this morning and notice those eight different places. They're in the notes that are in your bulletin on the back page. If you'd like to follow along, it would also be up on the screen the first one <clears throat> is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 19, our text. We break this commandment when we take something which does not belong to us. The word steal literally means to carry something away secretly. It doesn't belong to us, so we have to do it when no one's looking, or we do it quickly before they realize what's going on. The heart of the word means that you take something when it does not belong to you. So you see a $20 bill laying on the ground? What's the first thing you do? You pick it up, see if it's real. And then what's the second thing you do? The second thing I think most of us do is we look around before we put it in that pocket, don't we? We look around to see if anybody's going to see us putting it in our pocket, right? Sometimes we look around to say, you know, is there someone that might have dropped it, you know? But there's a part of all of us in our sinful nature where we hope, especially if things are tight, we hope that nobody's going to be around. And we get to put it in our pocket. But it's not ours. If we can feel good about taking that when it's not ours, then we begin to violate this second command, or this eighth command. It doesn't belong to us. But why do we want to take it? Because we think we need it. And it might help us out. So when we take something that does not belong to us, then we get into trouble. You see, we, we look around because we want to see if someone is looking. But the truth of the matter is, there is someone that's watching all the time. God's watching. There was a school that 
had a, an event, <clears throat> had a picnic outside, and the headmaster stacked a pile of apples at one end of the table with a sign saying, Take only one apple, please. God is watching. Well, it was in the elementary school, and at the other end of the table, a little second grader had the smart idea to put up another sign where the cookies were at the other end of the table that read, take all the cookies you want. God's watching the apples. <laughs> well, God is watching the apples and the cookies and everything else. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. He's watching us in that parking lot when that $20 bill is laying there. He's watching us in the department store or the supermarket when we go in there, and we're given a little bit more change than we're due. It's not money, it's ours. Do we take it? Do we say anything? Do we look and see how much it is first? God's watching. God's watching when we're taking that test, boys and girls. You can take an answer that doesn't belong to you and still, if you don't know the answer, sometimes we're tempted to look on somebody else's paper because if we take another bad grade home, it's not going to be pleasant at home. And so we're tempted to steal all the time, take something that doesn't belong to us all the time. God's grace covers that sin, but we need to, to live life God's way. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So if we don't follow the Lord's commandments, then the Lord will set his face against us, the Bible says, and he'll not bless us because he doesn't want to encourage us to do things that are wrong. But when we do it right, he, he's there to encourage us. His eyes are always watching Number two, another way we violate this commandment is we take something without asking. You know, there are some things that are available to us that um, have been made available to us, but it's, it's right and proper to ask before you take them. For example, a car. You may have a car in your household that everybody can use, but it's not right just to take it without asking permission, especially if you don't own the car or you're not paying insurance on the car. Um, things like that, we just need to ask permission when the rightful owner uh, should be consulted. And we find this in Scripture. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 19 and 20, this word to steal is used with Jacob and Rachel and her father, Laban, Jacob's father-in-law. The Bible says, now Laban had gone to shear his sheep and Rachel had stolen, there's our word, stolen the household idols that were her father's. So there's another example of graven images that were used in the Old Testament. Um, and they had these household idols that everybody could use. They were the households. But it wasn't right for Rachel to take these and leave without asking permission. And so the Bible says she stole those things. And then it says, the very next verse, 
and Jacob stole away unknown to Laban the Syrian and that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. So this was a time in Jacob and Rachel's life where they had lived there for about uh, 14 plus years. Jacob did go to ask the hand of marriage of Rachel. Laban tricked him, gave him Leah at first, the older daughter, and he worked seven years for her. Then he had to work seven no more years for Rachel. So he's there 14 plus years. And finally he decides, I'm going to go back to where I came from. I'm going to take everything. But he didn't tell his father-in-law he was leaving. And Rachel doesn't communicate with him. And the Bible says that was stealing. That was taking some things that, that they should not have taken without asking. You know, you go and you ask for the hand of a daughter in marriage. Uh, it's proper and right to ask that permission. But then when you take that daughter, you know, to the other side of the world, it's right to go and talk to the family and say, uh, is this okay with you? This is why we're going to do this. We want your blessing. And the Bible shows us here that there are some things like that in our life that if we take it or we take action without asking, that it's like stealing. That way we're driving a car. The first car I drove around the streets of Texarkana was a 1980s model uh, station wagon. It set, seat, seated eight to nine people. It was our family car. And uh, me and my buddies would pile in there on a Friday night and just go driving around town. Why? Because we could. We got a driver's license for the first time. And as long as we put gas in it, and we had it, didn't wreck it, you know, didn't violate house rules, you know, we could drive around and act like we were big, big guys. And that's what we did. But if I would not have asked permission to take the car, I would have been in trouble. There are things you have to ask permission for. You see money laying around the house. Well, it's obviously it's the, the household's money, but you shouldn't take that unless you find out who put it there and what the intended purpose is for it. For you take it for your own purpose. It's still right and proper for young men to go ask permission to date some man's daughter. It's right and proper for them then later to ask for the hand in marriage. I still remember when uh, I approached my father-in-law and asked for the hand of my wife in marriage. Um, everybody knew we were getting married. It was no secret. We had dated for about three years and had talked about it. Uh, everybody knew, and I think my father-in-law knew, but still, at that moment, it was proper for me to come and say, officially, we plan to get married, and I would like your, hand, your daughter's hand in marriage. And he appreciated that. He had several questions for me. Even though he knew me well, and he knew my family, he still had questions. I still remember those questions. How are you going to provide for her? Where are you going to live? How are you going to treat her? And then he had some statements of his own that he wanted to make, and he made them very clearly. And one of those that he made the strongest was, if you ever lay a hand on her, I will find you and I will stomp you in the ground. That was his exact words. And he wasn't smiling when he said it. And I believed him. I still believe him today. Haven't laid a hand on her in a violent way. And, and so... A man has a precious possession, and he has a daughter. That's his daughter. 
that he has protected and loved and cherished all of his life, and now to give that daughter away in the hands of someone else, it's right and proper to ask. And if you don't, then you're cutting corners. The Bible calls it stealing. Then number three, you take something that you have been told not to take. Something that's off limits. Joshua 7, 11 is the biblical example for this. This is the story of Israel conquering Jericho and Achan taking something that he was told not to take. The Bible says in that verse, Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen, there's our word, and deceived. So God told them as they went into Jericho um, to destroy the city, the inhabitants of the land had become so idolatrous, they had become so ungodly and wicked that they were destroying themselves, they were sacrificing babies to their idols, that was an abomination to God and they had been given hundreds of years to repent and they refused to and God was bringing the Israelites in as a form not only to give them the promised land but also to exercise judgment against ungodly nations. That's why all that happened. God wasn't in a bad mood. He wasn't just ticked off at people on a whim. It's that they were destroying themselves by their ungodliness and he finally decided to put a stop to it. And so he told them, destroy everything in Jericho. The gold and the silver, he says, dedicated to me. It's dedicated to the Lord. But everything else will be destroyed. But Achan, an individual in the army, decided that once he went into the, the city, he obviously, you know, they were going street by street, house by house. He came into an area. He found a Babylonian garment, the Bible says. He found 50 shekels of silver. He found a wedge of gold, and he took it to himself. And the Lord said, you shall not take these things. And the Bible called that stealing. They had been told not to take it. And as a result, many people died after that because God withdrew his blessing from Israel. And when they went to the next battle, there were some that died and they were defeated. It makes a difference that we follow God's way in our life. Number four, you take attention away from designated authority. This word to steal is also used in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 6, where um, Absalom, David's son, took attention away from his father, and he actually tried to take over the kingdom in place of his father David. The Bible says, In this manner Absalom acted toward all Israel, who came to the king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom would go and sit in the king's gate and he would smooth talk everybody. He would say, why are you coming to talk to the king? Do you have a, a case that's not being heard? Well, my good friend, let, let me tell you what I would do if I was king in, in my father's place. I would make sure your case is settled. I'd make sure we take care of you because I care about what's going on in your life. And in that way, he stole away the hearts of the people, the Bible says, and took it away from rightfully designated authority. We can do the same thing in our life today. 
God has put, put certain people in places of leadership and authority in schools, in homes, in churches, in society. And when we take away and we challenge that God-given, God-ordained authority, God says, you're stealing something that I've put into place. We must be very careful we let God lead through all of these channels and let God decide who's going to rise and who's going to fall and, and through proper channels that he's given us to respect authority in biblical ways. Then number five is that we can rob, we violate this commandment when we rob someone of their good reputation. Now here it's really getting personal. Have you ever shared knowledge and information you did not know to be true? We've all done that. And some information that is not true is called slander. It's called gossip. The Bible speaks against that. It can ruin someone's reputation. The Bible says in um, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16, you shall not go about as a talebearer among your people. You shall not cheat your neighbor nor rob him. In the context of chapter 19, the word steal is used in verse 11. And then it gives several examples of how we can do this in our personal interactions with others. And one of the examples is that you, you spread gossip about someone else that is not true. And you are what the Bible calls a scandal monger. You know, some people, they love to get information about other people. Their ears perk up when that happens. And when we receive all this information and we don't verify that it's true, if it's not complimentary, all that we're doing is, is that we are we're, we're taking away the reputation of someone else in, in an improper way. We're stealing. We're robbing. So now how are we doing with the Eighth Commandment? We violate it all the time, don't we? Now, number six, moving on down the list. Number six is when you take something instead of working for it. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So the Bible promotes work. That's why gambling is a sin. That's why gambling is not God-ordained means for us building wealth. That's why you shouldn't buy the lottery tickets every time you go into the Easy Mart or whatever convenience store you go into. Because that's getting something for nothing. And somebody paid for that ticket. It just wasn't you if you win it. And, and so... God has a, a right way of bringing wealth into our life, and it is through W-O-R-K. And anything that cuts corners from that, the Bible calls it stealing. It calls it a way of life of trying to take shortcuts and get something without working for it. Back in 1887, there was a guy named Emmanuel Ninger, who everybody knew in the neighborhood that he lived in. He would go in the neighborhood grocery store and trade there and shop there. And he went in one day with a $20 bill and 
the ink on the $20 bill smudged in one corner when the clerk handled it. The clerk knew Emmanuel very well, so she didn't say anything right away. She waited until the authorities tested the $20 bill. Everybody knew where Emmanuel lived, just around the corner, and sure enough, it was verified that it was counterfeit, and they went and arrested him and in his upstairs attic. They found his whole operation. He had an art studio up there. He was a an amazing artist, and he actually hand-painted, this is a true story, in the 1800s, he hand-painted money, fake money, with brushes and ink. It takes a good artist to do that. And in fact, they not only found that, but they found all kinds of other amazing paintings that once he was arrested and sent to prison, they confiscated and they sold, and his paintings sold for an average of $5,000 per work. And here he was going to all the trouble to pay a little $20 bill so he could buy his groceries down at the corner market. That's cutting corners, trying to get out of really working in an honest way for what we need. The simple heart tries to cut corners, but God's heart does the, the good thing, the right thing, the hard thing. Then number seven, we violate this commandment when we hold back money due to others. Romans 13, 8 says, Oh, no man, anything. There was a little boy who answered the door because the pizza was being delivered and there was a college student that was bringing the pizza to the door. And uh, the young, the young seven-year-old boy that came to the door had in one hand the check for the pizza and the other hand he had $2 bills. And he gave the college student the, the check for the pizza and then with a smile on his face, he just put the $2 bill in his pocket. And the college student who was working to pay off his tuition and all that, he needed those, that tip money. He looked at him he said, is that my tip money? And the little seven-year-old looked at him and said, yep, not a bad days, not, not, bad, not a bad pay for the living room here and back. And so he took money that was due this hard-working young man and he took it for himself. Now you say, I'd never do that. Have you ever taken change that wasn't due you? Someone gives you too much money and you don't go back and you settle it up because you don't have time and you just somehow just keep it, go on, justify it in your mind. And here's where it really gets personal. Have you ever kept back tithes and offerings from God? Malachi chapter 3, God uses the same terminology about us when we don't give tithes and offerings. Malachi 3, 8, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, God says. And so when we don't give what is rightfully due to God, and God says, you're stealing. You're keeping back money from me. And you violate the Eighth Commandment. Probably the most egregious example of this is the Eighth example of this violation. That is when we kidnap a person against their will. Now, I don't believe anybody's done this here in this audience <laughs> But the Bible shares this, and actually the, the word that's used in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 7, that's translated kidnap, is the same original word that means steal. 
And the Bible says, if a man is found kidnapping any of his brethren of the children of Israel and mistreats him or sells him, then that kidnapper shall die and you shall put away the evil from among you. So the final example is when we kidnap a person against their will. That's stealing. It's stealing a person. This is what Joseph's brothers did with him. They kidnapped him, put him in the bottom of a well, and went back and lied to the father and said, someone must have killed him because we found his blood-stained tunic here. Here it is. That's kidnapping. There's a violation of sin. It's a violation of the laws of our land as well. It's a problem for us today in our society. Human trafficking is on the rise. Studies show that human trafficking has more than doubled, and the number of those who have been prosecuted for the crime has more than doubled from the years of 2011 to 2021. We used to never hear anything about human trafficking. We heard about it a little bit every once in a while on the other side of the world, but today it has become an epidemic in our society. If it seems like it's becoming more and more in the forefront, it's because it is. It's becoming more and more of a problem. It's doubled in the last decade or so in occurrence. And this is just those who are prosecuted. Today there are crime gangs that, that work the streets of all the big cities of America and even some that are sizes that we walk in that scour the parking lots of Walmart and Target and all these other places that so many people go and they had these schemes to lure people away and to shove them in a van and then carry them off and who knows where they go after that. This is happening in modern day America today. It's happening in Arkansas. And it is those who have a heart full of theft, stealing. They're trying to take people, use them for their own purposes. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing or is abducted in the United States, according to the stats. Stealing is a huge problem in our society. This is man apart from God. Apart from God, we're nothing better than a lying, stealing, killing thief. That's who we are. That's what the Ten Commandments show us. But God's grace is able to come into anybody's life and change them and heal them and to make them a person that follows God's commands. Jesus said this in John chapter 10. He said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he says, I am come. I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said, who's come to give his life for the sheep. Jesus will give you everything that you need. That's why we don't have to steal. That's why we don't have to cut corners. That's why we don't have to, to make it our own way to, to give a lot, get a life like we think we need. Jesus and his grace is all that we need. If you don't know him through his grace, we invite you to come to him.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Word. Our prayer is that this message will encourage you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.